Channing Tatum basically fucks his garage. Big and, Dick you know, Richie. Big Dick Richie. Big Dick Rich. Big Dick Richie. Do you believe in magic? <laughs> In a young girl's heart. It's not understandable. And no. anyone who says they do understand it has not followed this series. Delusional. You can't change the past from the future. This is bullshit. Yeah, that doesn't sound great. Well, okay, so... <laughs> Why didn't you call them? You didn't see what was going on? Well, there's no way to determine that. Yes, there is. An infallible way. They won. Well, it's a casino. People got to win sometimes. Hey, what do you think? I'm a fucking idiot? Probability on one four-wheel machine is a million and a half to one. On three machines in a row, it's in the billions. It cannot happen. Would not happen. You fucking Momo, what's the matter with you? Maybe it was the love of the planets. Maybe it was just my growing dislike for this one. But for as long as I can remember, I have dreamed of going into space. Now that I've met you... Would you object to never seeing me again? The biggest regret of my life, I let my love go. That price on my head, was that dead or alive? Don't remember. See if he starts shooting. I don't ask you over for dinner and then suggest you give a lecture on the peoples of Mesoamerica or whatever your pre-Columbian shit is. This is my job. This is how I pay the fucking rent. The same gentleman that told me that you tried to get your broker's license also told me that you were a straight arrow. He ran a security check on me. Well... Sail on a boat fit for a Bond villain, sometimes you need to play the part, right? First of all, dude, you don't have an ex. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it, it gets upset. Its hair falls out. Walter. Fucking no. dog has fucking papers. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey, you were over the line, this a foul. What happened? Did your, did your balls drop off? <laughs> Hey there, welcome into episode 21 of Film Tank. I am your host, Alex Diegman, and on this week's episode, we're going to do things a little differently. We have two movies that we'll be talking about, uh, as two hosts saw one movie, two hosts saw the other, and if it's a big fucking disaster, we'll never do another episode like this again. On this episode, we have Nick Cheney here. I'm sorry, it's actually Magic Nick. <laughs> I love how, how excited you were. You got a big smile on your face. I'm just so happy to talk about one of my favorite movies of this year. Holy shit, man. All right. Well, that might be a, uh, a guess as to what movie Nick saw, is he saw Magic Mike Double XL. Yeah, there had to be two X's. That's right. Uh, and uh, another... The go other, big or go home. Okay. The other host who saw Magic Mike Double XL was Toussaint Egan. Do you believe in magic in a young girl's heart? That was really good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really creeped out right now. <laughs> he looked right at me when he said that. I did not look right at you. You're a liar. Looked right at you with his dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hi, Kenny. Kenny. I just think you took us all by surprise. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those awkward there's things. There's shock humor, and there's shocks. <laughs> I still love you. No, you don't. No, I don't. What an asshole. Kenny Marcellus. As ridiculous as all that was, I almost wish I would have seen that fucking movie. Sounds like they had more fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, yeah. Kenny and myself saw Terminator Genesis. Unfortunately. I look at each of you, and I see the marks of this long and terrible war. We fight! Go! 
children. Our children's children, so they will not carry these marks. But they will know who we are and what we did. That we did not bow down. We did not give in. We rose up at this moment, at this hour, willing to sacrifice everything so that they can live in freedom. And this night, we take back our world. Let's just jump uh, right into that, as uh, we're doing the two movies, so we're not going to do any other I mean, one movie on couldn't even spell its name right, so <laughs> I think that tells you right there, indicative of quality. Oh, no, it is, no it worries. There is an explanation Oh, is there? I, Good. There's not. Oh, really? They, they, they tried. I, they I was, tried. There was I was going to say, was there? <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Don't okay. worry. So, in Terminator Genesis, uh, John Connor sends Kyle Reese back in time to protect Sarah Connor, as we may have heard this story once or twice or five times before already. But when he arrives back in 1984, nothing is as he expected it to be. What? Which doesn't really make sense, but that's <laughs> fine. Uh, this film stars Arnold Schwarzenegger again, as he, he is back after missing out on Terminator Salvation because he was a governor for some reason. <laughs> now, when you say he's back, did he say? He did at okay. one point. I just, <laughs> no. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, and he, he fucking was did. back. He was back. Oh, don't don't you worry. All of the lines that you love so much were all in this multiple times. <laughs> One right after the other. Pretty much. It was pretty much just a checklist of, yep. we need to say, come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. Asta over and over and over again. I don't think there was an no. Asta Vista No, there was what? no Asta La Vista, though. What the it, now, hell? If, I may be incorrect. That's but pretty I, dated, though. I believe that is a specific only to Judgment Day. Yeah. I don't think that's been in any of the other ones. That's in one of the catchphrases that have been fucking whoosh, whipped into the ground and just beaten to death. Maybe yeah. you missed it. Maybe we were tag teaming, taking naps during the movie. Um, <laughs> I know I I actually dozed off a couple of times, to be honest. He did. And I, there were, we are your authority voices on film. We were just taking turns <laughs> with naps. Maybe we missed the Hasta La Vista. I didn't sleep at all. I, I, I can't jump on that bandwagon. I did, however, see Kenny one time was definitely not sleeping. And he had the most unimpressed look on his face ever. He was just sitting there looking at the movie screen like he was being dragged to death. (laughs) Fuck this shit. Um, Also in this film, Jason Clark, who gets second billing, who is one of my favorite actors right now, who probably ruined his career with this movie. Also, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones is in this. Any other Clarks? Sarah Sarah Connor. I I don't know. It's funny because they both spell their name with an E at the end. So that's interesting. Uh, J.J. Jai, J. Courtney, whatever you say his name, was also in the movies. He plays Kyle Reese. Not quite as good uh, as uh, Michael Bean. Uh, And then also some other people pigeonholed in, including J.K. Simmons for some reason. Really? Courtney B. Vance. And also Matt Smith, the guy who plays the Doctor on Doctor Who, who probably will be in the next two movies because there's going to be two more. Of course. And they're also both going to be before 2019 because that's when Paramount loses the rights. (laughs) Wow. Back to James Cameron. So anyways... Who wants to start off on Terminator Genesis? It's either, either you or me, Kenny. And um, I've seen all five movies, and you've only seen this one. <laughs> no, wow. I saw the first one. So 
at, at least I had some sort of basis. But I will say this: if if you're in my position as somebody who is not familiar with the franchise, don't fucking bother. Just don't bother because actually, just don't bother. Well, right, general. even yeah, even <laughs> if you are, I, this is going to be good because Alex, you're very familiar with with Terminator. I am not, um, but at least I have somewhat of a grasp on something about it. But this movie was fucking hot garbage. Like, I don't know if it's just me being confused because I wasn't super familiar with it, but I feel like this movie could not fucking tell a story. Like, it didn't know what the hell it wanted to do. To it, be fair, the films have been hot garbage for a while, like since 3. So This was, without even seeing those, this was exceptionally bad. Like, this yeah. is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Well, the central, this was a train wreck. The central conceit, even without having seen the two most recent ones, doesn't lend itself to many more installments because it always keeps doubling back on its own mythology and gets it's more convoluted from there. Did the did this movie try to like solve the continuity, or did it just only make it more confusing? Yeah, okay. Well, it made it more confusing. Okay, yeah, so. way, way way more confusing. And also, too, lots of uh, people I've read uh, reviews, not necessarily from critics, but a lot of fan reviews, saying that this is like the second coming of Jesus. And oh, I don't, what? I don't know what the fuck they are watching. They're judging this. Uh, place beside like Terminator Salvation, which was a very I think bad. They're taking movie. the phrase Judgment Day a little too seriously. Yeah, I mean it's like at least it's not Judgment Day. I mean, I mean, at least it's not uh, Salvation. Yeah, so I'm I'm in the minority who thought Salvation was better than Rise of the Machines, but oh. that's okay. Okay, they're both not good. So, yeah. anyways, Kenny, more thoughts. I I just <clears throat> first and foremost, the CGI from the get go was pretty much atrocious like there were and, and i'm not one to ever care or pay attention to that shit and w- so when it when i notice it's it's noticeably bad and not everything was bad like it had its moments where things weren't okay like it had some pretty decent scenes in it but just like the arnold schwarzenegger with the cgi in the beginning like oh my god it was exceptionally bad if you did not like the cgi arnold in terminator salvation which many people thought was the worst thing they had ever seen in your life don't wait until you see this movie because there is not 20 seconds of it. There is six minutes of it. Ooh. Mm. And it's not any better. <laughs> and, so. and, and I just feel like every time, every, like every time a joke tried to be made, it never landed. I never once cracked even a smile except for to laugh at seriously how bad this movie was. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was kind of kidding earlier, but not really. Like I, I was, I was tired going into the movie, but this movie lost me from the beginning. Like I, I pretty much just checked out and had no interest in even trying to figure this shit out. And I, I did, I dozed off a couple of times. This movie did nothing for me. Like it was bad, really bad. And I, w- I had some hope going into it. I, I mean, Alex, you and I talked before and I said, well, you know, I'm not super familiar with it, but I'm just hoping for a good action movie. Like maybe it'll give it a shot. Yeah. Let me give it a shot. Like I, I liked the first one. I saw the first one and I liked it a lot, but this was fucking awful. Terrible. Recalling uh, like a conversation we had on the podcast earlier, remember when I was really pissed off about the, the second trailer that came out for this film? Yep. Because they pretty much like spoiled like John Connor being uh, like one of the Terminators, like the bad guy Terminator. Was he the bad guy Terminator oh, yeah. in this? Oh, yeah. like, and was that something that was introduced in the beginning of the movie? Uh, probably about <laughs> 45 minutes in. So that's still a good chunk as far as like making uh, – the audience wait to catch up on something they already know because of the marketing ruined it. Yeah. Okay. I well, feel validated in my anger then because that's really fucking stupid. Well, yeah. here, 
Here's the big part of the problem with this movie was it, it got confusing because, okay, so Reese was sent back to 1984 to protect... In Terminator 1. Right. Well, same thing here. Mm-hmm. Although this time when he shows up, um, Sarah Connor tells him that... Um, what was it? She had, it's, a, she had, it's a Back to the Future 2 scenario. They're in they, an alternate universe. Okay. Right. It's an alternate universe, but... So well, they're going back to the same timeline that they were in in the first movie? Right, it's the same. However, if if and and let yeah, me just here, say, yeah, here's the catch: it's the same as the first one. Yeah. You cannot, or, all, you cannot, all, you can't change the past from the future. This is bullshit. Yeah, but just, haven't they been doing that since like even the second movie? Or it's but they've still been in the same timeline. Okay, okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound great. Well, okay, so so Sarah Connor, um, she had what was it that was sent back to protect her? A guardian, okay, can, a guardian can, of can some I, sort. Can I can I just step in here for a minute because I have lots of thoughts on this. And, yeah, and this is the first one that I really want to get off my chest because this is my biggest prop at the movie. So there is no explanation whatsoever as to how or why a Terminator, being Arnold, is sent back not to the original time of the first movie. But seven years prior to that, in the 1970s, right. to protect Sarah Connor, there is no explanation how or why that is possible. Right. So you have the same storyline, basically, as the earlier movie, no. except this time there's a twist to it. <laughs> That's essentially right. Am I right? That, but there's a twist. It's not, but it's not, because here's the problem with what this movie's logic says. It starts off at the end of... Uh, or the beginning, pardon me, of Terminator 1. They even recreate scenes right. that are classic scenes from the first movie, including the scene with Bill Paxson, uh, where the Terminator arrives and like wants to steal his clothes and murders him and whatever. They've decided to recreate the scenes with CGI Arnold and instead of just showing the original <laughs> scenes from the movie. Yeah. Uh, mm. That's a bad start. Uh, and then another problem is that so he's going to kill Arnold is going to kill this guy to get his original clothing that he had in the first movie. And then all of a sudden another Arnold shows up who has been there earlier, but now wait for it. This Arnold is like current Arnold with gray hair and he shows up and murders the, this original Terminator. But wait, there's more. This Terminator is now dead, but another Terminator, who is a T-1000 that is like Robert Patrick, has also been sent back to this time period from this time period, which cannot do that because this period has been shut down because all the machines have been destroyed. I think Toussaint's back- seizuring. I, he my, should be. My, he should my, be. <laughs> my eyes are rolling into the back of my fucking head. Now, wait I a feel minute. like the fucking exorcist girl right now. Now, wait a minute. It gets better. So, <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm going to start so, vomiting. It's so, like an infomercial. <laughs> so now... This Terminator, which was the original Arnold Terminator from the first movie, if we're keeping it at home, he drops a bit of his goo, whatever you call it, the T-1000 does, <laughs> into this Terminator. It's called nanopaste. Whatever. It's yeah. called jizz, let's be honest. <laughs> and now, no, he doesn't turn into anything. It just becomes alive again. And this original Terminator that was Arnold now becomes alive and tries to kill them again as they're working together. And also, it was ten times easier for them to kill the T-1000 in this movie than it was in the other movie, even though they had to go through all that fucking trouble to kill Robert Patrick in the second movie. They pretty much took care of that in one second because they had the knowledge of the second movie before the second movie ever happened back in 1984. What the fuck happened here, guys? Okay, So, so are you saying you didn't like the movie? <laughs> okay, here, here, here's what I'm going to say about this whole premise because while you're explaining all this shit, I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't able to follow half that shit. And I, I did a better I, job explaining than the movie. I did. know you, you probably did, yeah. But here, here's the thing about time travel movies: in that 
if you get way too up your own ass, then it kind of becomes the one sore point that you're going to be able to point to other than the entire structure of the film. So would this film have been better if they had explained this 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 whole continuity better? Would it have been a better film? Would you would you have liked this film? I don't want them to explain the continuity better. I want them to do something that doesn't involve this continuity. Okay. You you, you can't I understand that they you have to make some choices as they did in Terminator 2, which mm-hmm is pretty universally thought of as one of the best action movies of all yes, time. Yes, absolutely. And I, it's one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time, in fact. You need to make leaps in that, that the future has now been changed and they are able to send back these two different Terminators because the choices were made by the future, or the, the present time people made different choices based on the death of the original Terminator. Mm-hmm. Basically, things continue to happen even if the ripple is going to keep going. Even if you change it, it will still continue rippling. Mm-hmm. So, the problem is is that when you change things in the future, they can't affect the past. This is a like bread and butter time travel movie thing mm-hmm. that changes in the future do not affect the past. However, they do in this movie, which makes no sense. Yeah, because I mean, what... <clears throat> But yeah, that just you explaining that makes no sense because they'd have to come up with some reason I've never heard. But there of. isn't one. Skynet would have to. It, it's it's basically like wibbly wobbly, timey wimey bullshit. Where Skynet would have to be so sophisticated and so smart that somehow they would be able to make themselves. I, I don't know. If, abstain if, from the effects of time travel where they'd be able to see that but they set this thing back in time, nothing changed. Okay, right. so we'll have to do it again. And things roll downhill. I mean, that's yeah. just a simple, yeah. you know, like physics. So I don't understand why. So it's, he, it's like they've never seen a time travel movie before. That's what it sounds yes. like. Here's another problem. Okay, so Kyle Reese goes back and he is now with Sarah Connor and this other Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator who's now old as fuck. And. <laughs> Which they kind of explained, which is totally fine, and I'm able to go with it because they're tissue ages and whatever. Yeah. But they then. It's not a tuba. <laughs> <laughs> they then, by the way, in 1984, are able to assemble a time travel machine that are made is made by Cyberdyne in 2029 in 1984, and with only the use of the chip from the original Terminator, they are able to turn this whole thing on and then travel to 2017. The problem there being is that if Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor don't have John Connor in 1984, he's not alive to be the bad Terminator, which he still is, which makes no sense. And there was a very flimsy line of dialogue of him saying something to the tune of, well, I'm able to I'm able to go past that now because I have I have wigs. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Dude, it is. He, he says he has evolved to the point because the Pokemon. Yeah, the the uh, the the guy from Doctor Who, Matt it, Smith. Uh, he uh, is now all of Cyberdyne. Fuck in, yeah, I knew it. In in human form, and he uh, puts himself into John Connor. So John Connor is part human and part Cyberdyne. Oh. But he still has all his memories, so that's why he's able to be someone human. I was really hoping you were going to help me to understand this better. After. <laughs> I don't See, think, I don't I, think I'm now actually more confused there, about There is no way to understand it right, better because right. it's not understandable. And no. anyone who says they do understand it has not followed this series. Delusional. I haven't <laughs> followed I haven't followed the series, and I couldn't. I couldn't even start to make a leap of trying to figure out what was going on here. <laughs> and aside from that, and there are a couple cool set pieces and action pieces. Is this the movie with the like, school bus flipping over? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, fucking oh. Dark Knight did that. Yeah. Eight years ago. And this school buses are so eight years ago. And this was not executed well. It was terrible. It was not a live effect either. It was CGI'd. Right. Yeah. So um, that was that was not good. Dude, a whole a whole heap of this movie was just all the acting not good. was atrocious, terrible, just terrible. I don't I don't know the chick who played uh, Sarah. She Connor. was fine. You didn't like her really. No, really? Nilly I didn't Clark? like her. Oh, nope. too She's bad. Pretty reliable. Didn't like her. I I thought she was one of the high points in the movie. To be honest <laughs> with you, there weren't many at all. <laughs> She's Khaleesi. Yeah, mm, Misa. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, th- there was just so much problems with this movie, and and the problem for me is that you can just say, well, you need to make this leap of faith and go with it and whatever. But for me, I cannot do that. Like, other... This is a continuation in a franchise, well, so I, I, I have to include my thoughts on the previous films which, when I'm rating this one or thinking about this which one. Which makes a lot of sense. But let me ask you a question just so I can get your feelings. And Well, this doesn't apply to you, Kenny, because you, you haven't seen, <laughs> unfortunately, the other ones. But Alex is someone who's seen the other ones. Let's pretend that, like, you know, and actually, no, this does apply to you, Kenny. So both of you... If you take away the plot mechanics, it happens it's supposed to be an action film, right? Yeah. So was that also unimpressive? Like, I mean, could, could you enjoy this on solely on that level? Or is even that disappointing, the, too? The, the action for me was on par with, like, a Transformers action movie. Okay. So pretty bland. But yeah, it's nothing special. There yeah. was nothing pretty, special here. Pretty, That's what I mean. Like, yeah. if it had better action, it might have been at least been, like, an enjoyable ride, even if it was a stupid entry yeah. or something like that. And, I mean, there there were some, as I mentioned, there were some action scenes that were okay. But for the most part, I just couldn't get past the ridiculous, audacious storyline that was presented. Not to mention that there are going to be force-feeding two more of these. This should have just fucking stopped after Judgment Day. There should have been no more. I know they're greedy, and that's fine. But for fuck's sake, just end it. Just fucking, just just bury this and run away. It, it almost makes me wonder if this franchise, if if there could be a future in this franchise, if we kind of detracted from the whole um, Sarah Connor, John Connor. Well, if you want there to be a future, you have to change the past. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, if you you talked about different characters that were kind of affected through this time travel thing, and maybe different reverberations, so that like, what if there was like a timeline where Sarah Connor's character, for whatever reason, was able to live past Judgment Day? She saved the clock tower. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Shut the fuck up. And she became like a general, or whatever. And like John Connor, like died for some reason. Whatever. Somebody else had to take on the role. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, but that would actually like be something interesting. Where this is this, I know. I'm trying, to, trying, I'm trying to, to think of the good same things path. that could happen. And yeah, it just it just didn't work at all. Mm. Um, another problem for this movie: Arnold doesn't have any good lines in this movie, as oh. he as he is a much um, more a, humanly person. He's a geriatric Terminator. Yes, but <laughs> when he originally gets sent back to. Save Sarah Connor back in the seventies, which again makes no sense. He at that time already has these like emotional huggy feelings. Like he has drawings of him and Sarah Connor. Oh, he's what? like chappy. Yeah, exactly. What <laughs> I, the I, fuck? I don't want to die. I want to live. <laughs> what? Oh. Why? Why? Why is this able to be like this? There's no explanation for that either. It's, why all of a sudden these you can't term- explain love, Alex? Fuck that. Love I, is the only constant in the universe. I won't. I won't accept that because in all of the other Terminators, <laughs> he has. Your love. 
he he doesn't have any personality whatsoever. Now all of a sudden he does. Well, he never did, and so if, like, <clears throat> I, and I'm talking about Arnold the person. <laughs> so <laughs> if they actually wrote it to like where like oh you should have a personality now it's like oh you're missing the whole point of why they casted him in the first place because he looks and acts like a fucking robot, not a human being. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, that's too bad. Can I, I say? Just, I, go ahead, Kenny. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I was just saying. I just couldn't get that. Like the first fight between Arnold and the fake Arnold like you, oh boy. you could see the, really you mm, could they, see the editing like the clipping in the scene like like fake Arnold picked up real Arnold and tried to break him on a light post and you could literally just like see the clipping of the the yeah. editing it I I just like Poor. I was I was removed instantly I yeah I don't know I, I just could never get settled into a any kind of interest Let's get to another thing real quick that I have to mention about the Genesis thing. We talked about this earlier, how that somehow gets explained. So, Miles Dyson, who is um, a major, somewhat major character in Judgment Day, who is the the main person with Cyberdyne. Oh, black guy. Yeah, I know him. There you go. There you go, Tucson. You know who black people are. Thank you. I know him, yeah. Yeah. So he uh, does not make it to the end of Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Spoiler alert. A spoiler for a film that's more than 20 years old. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, anyway, continue, Alex. Everybody should have seen by yeah. this point Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> the, the problem is is that Genesis is a like updated Cyberdyne, an updated Skynet. Now, hold on for this shit, because here we go. You talk about overdone storylines. We've been talking about like artificial intelligence, that shit. So Cyberdyne is now in the business of getting into the cell phone business, and they are involved with web media, and they're going to use the internet to become what Cyberdyne originally was supposed to be. Are you fucking joking? No, this is this is real. And Genesis is like a countdown. This is the shit that they did in Kingsman The Secret Service. The exact same storyline where they replaced the chips, although it's in a movie that people were supposed to try to take seriously. What the fuck? Why was this rated PG thirteen too? This is an R series for fuck's sake. I know they have nothing here, and they I need think to get you more need people for in. frick's sake, Alex. Yeah. It's PG thirteen. You're only allowed keep it under control. A certain number of of swears. Two. Yeah, and, two. Yeah, and not of the same use. So if you use it in a sexual connotation, you can't use it <clears throat> in the same way. But if you use it once in the sexual connotation, and another as just what the fuck, you can use it twice. Nick Cheney, the official uh, rating. They call me the MPAA guru. Thank you, Nick. Anytime. Um, Other than that Genesis shit, though, which is there is a countdown to it. And, of course, they're going against the countdown because once this countdown happens, Skynet takes over. Wait, wait, wait. When when does this take place with the 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 Skynet? Two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. So Kyle Reese went back in time to nineteen eighty four. That's right. And he met up with uh, Amelia Clark's. Clark, Sarah Connor, and uh, Grandpa Terminator. Yes. Wait a minute. And they actually, they actually call son. him. They they call him Pops. Okay. Not the Terminator. They so, call Pops. So what, so what Pops. happened in in the? Come on, Dad. What happened in the intermittent time between 1984 and? They time traveled to 2017. Oh. Why? Because why, because why, why did they do that? They had over how many years to stop Genesis, and they decided to go because they wanted to go to the time when it was only a day away from happening. 
to ensure that it wouldn't happen. I actually have something to say, and I think I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna blow both of your minds over here. Oh, here we go. This movie. I, here we go. No, um, I think I just figured out the key that's gonna un- that's gonna solve this movie and really unlock the mythology and chronology. You, you better, you better um, show and prove. So you're saying that the timeline itself that happens in 2017, like that's the 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 prime timeline, the or? redacted date. Yeah. Right. That's the, okay. That's when, well, that's probably when most... the sequel is gonna come out. So I assume you have to wait to see the sequel before all your answers are given. That is such bullshit. <laughs> I call it the Marvel I mean, way. <laughs> let's go back to that 2013 thing. That's like that what? Is, that is no uh, 13, no, 17. No, when they went back, when they went forward in time, they used a time machine to go just the day before Genesis comes out in 2017. Yeah, that is so fucking stupid. That is the most like transparent reason for why. No, there was a reason though, because when Kyle Reese goes back in time for the the first time, okay. he has a vision of when this is all going to happen, and he knows the exact date. While yeah, he was so time traveling, he has with this all vision. this time traveling, there were visions and other whatnots. Oh, they had visions. Oh yeah. Oh, boy. I think Primer by Shane Carruth is actually easier to understand than this. <laughs> I was having. I think I'm going to go home and watch Primer now. <laughs> can I can, I? can I say my least favorite part of this whole movie? Oh, you haven't said it already. <laughs> you haven't got to it. Yet. No, not yet. <laughs> yeah. you got to a damn. I save this for the grand finale. Let's my absolute least favorite part of this, and pretty much any movie I've ever seen. This was worse than the Wicker Man scene with <sighs> Nicolas Cage being burned alive, being like, "No, the bees, not the bees." <laughs> Ever seen the Wicker Man, Kenny? No. Oh boy, that's a good one. Uh, so, after Jason Clark, who plays John Connor, he's fighting with Arnold, and they're trying to get this whole mess figured out before uh, Genesis goes live and all the robots take over. Uh, they are in another time travel machine that's been made by this Genesis group, and they get the s- Phil Collins band. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Nick. You're always right there with that right kind back of stuff. At you. Oh, Did they spell man. with a Y too? No, thankfully they knew how to spell. <laughs> so they are stuck in this time travel thing. So I don't know where John Connor is going, but because they didn't really pick a date where he was going, they just decided to get him out of this time. So let's just click the random button. Yeah. Oh he, no, Hitler. <laughs> Um, anyways, so they are stuck into this little time travel bubble, but Arnold somehow gets out of this. Uh, in, well, he's Arnold. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's more. Uh, in this little Genesis uh, lab thing, Danieling, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, where this time travel bubble is, there is also a river, a whole moat, actually, of the material that T-1000s are made of that just goes around here the whole time. So Arnold magically gets out of this bubble before it explodes and sends John Connor wherever he goes because now he's a bad guy. He's also a Terminator. And Arnold flies out of this whatever. The whole place explodes. He lands in the river whatever. It's fine. So the end of the movie, uh, Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese are trying to get out of the room they've been in because they are they, it, it shielded them from the blast because miraculously there's a room that shields from huge blasts in this building. And they're trying to get out of this, and all of a sudden you see the, the metal arms from yeah from uh, T-1000, from Robert Patrick in the, in the second movie, and earlier in this movie from a Korean person for some reason, um, open the door, and the original thought is, oh my god, John Connor's still alive, whatever. 
oh no, it's Arnold now because he has upgrades. Ah. Because now he is a T-1000 by falling into the river. Yeah. Fuck this movie. That was that was one of the biggest piles of shit I have so ever John seen. So John Connor life. gets blasted into oblivion, or we just don't know what happens. We don't know what happens oh, with him. He's, maybe Tucson. He's, maybe it's, he's going to take the route of uh, season seven Doctor Who and like fragment off into different places of the timeline, dude. If now, you make a reference now, to Doctor Who's convoluted mythology, dude, it blows Tucson's head. No, now you just piss me off Same. about two things. Um, I, I was gonna say maybe he's like hanging out with uh, Red Skull and he's gonna get the Tesseract in uh, yeah. Avengers. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that sounds fucking awful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm I lucked out. I I, I sure totally did, lucked buddy. out. Well, let's go wow. to ratings, I guess. And Kenny, I've talked over you because I had very uh, passionate feelings about this movie. Well, I only had half a rating. I slept through half of it. I don't oh, okay. <laughs> so, what was your? I rate this flaming bag of dog poo. That's what I rate this. Don't put it out with your boots, Dad. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm, I I don't know what else to give it other than like a like a one, a one out of five. Okay. I mean, and I mean that in all seriousness. I'm not just throwing that out there. Like there there was really nothing there for me with this movie. Uh, maybe I would have gotten some more out of it if I was more familiar. I, it's just it's apparently not with Alex. Such yeah. a convoluted mess of just. Shit, bad acting, bad GCI, CGI, GCI. <laughs> now I've become delusional just fucking even thinking about hey, this. Hey, That's what this hey, movie does to okay. you, man. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. <sighs> yeah, this was bad. This was really bad. I'm gonna go one out of five. And if you're in the boat that I'm in and you aren't familiar with this, just don't. Just, just don't go watch it. number two. Yeah, yeah. Go back and watch some of the older ones. Just relive the older ones. And just pretend it just ended there. Right. Yeah, I would. I would go with that plan as well. I would. Uh, I would skip uh, three and four. Probably, I would just watch. Uh, actually, I just watched the second one. First one's okay, but yeah, second one's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie for me, I don't really have to have too many final thoughts because I've, I've tried to talk over much of the film's terrible, terrible plotline. And I understand that this is a time travel science fiction movie. So you are going to need to allow it some some leeway. This movie just went above and beyond anything any of the other movies have done. It's not just to bring Arnold back. Because if that's all that the movie's logic did is that we need to get Arnold back somehow, here's what happened. I would have been okay with that. Whatever. It's going to have to do that because it's a time travel movie and they need to get the main star back after killing him off. So whatever. There was just so, so much more that this film did incorrectly and went out of its way to to just do poorly and do wrong. When when there really isn't a reason for it, if you wanted to make another Terminator movie, you could have done it without just fucking destroying everything that has happened in earlier movies and changing the timeline and being a separate timeline and whatever. And apparently some people like this, and to them, I don't know what the fuck they're watching, but I, I can't co-sign that because this movie was a steaming pile of dog shit. I'm going to give this a rating of a half star out of five. Whoa, that is... From you, that's that's quite the rating. I don't give a lot of half stars. No. The only uh, previous films I've ever given a half star to were The Wicker Man and the uh, Will Ferrell movie Land of the Lost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, we should watch Ooh, uh, the, I, whole, the whole trio one day. It's in good company. Uh, <laughs> boy, I need a lot of, lot of beverages for that, I think. I don't know where I went wrong if I gave it a half star higher. Shit. You didn't know about the half star, did you? You didn't know about the <laughs> half star. I didn't know I could go that low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you can. Yeah. We just don't do uh, zero because that would 
at least in my eyes, mean the movie yeah. just doesn't exist or, right. didn't, or, <laughs> di- or didn't play. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I saw the movie. I, yeah. I spent two hours watching this movie. Uh, it happened, but yeah, it was I, not I can't. Good. I can't consciously go that. Low. I mean, because for for me, and you didn't uh, have the other. I would assume entries to like tri- yeah. trip it up too much. But. Right, I Alex, you're a much bigger fan of the franchise than me. Going in, you probably had higher expectations. I just I didn't have higher. As soon as well, you, no, no, no. It, it had more to live up to for you. Well, I that, guess you would say. I guess they would say that's true. Um, you know me; I'm big on trailers. You have actually attachment to the franchise. That's true. I think that's yeah. and also one of the entries in this uh, series is one of my favorite films of all time. So that's. But it, yeah, it just couldn't do it, man. It just it just really just shat the bed. Way worse than Terminator Salvation did, in my opinion. And I am not looking forward to more entries in this series, but I'm sure I'll be there to see them. Fun fact: the uh, more common rating scale that I normally use is the IMDb, like ten ten stars. Um, so this is a two on that for me. That is the lowest I've ever. Ooh. Ever gone. Yeah, well, that's fine, because if you look at the average rating, it's somewhere in the sevens, because that tells uh, you all you need to know about the IMDb community. <laughs> Damn. Hey, what if they're listening? <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> they're listening from inside the house. So, yeah, Terminator, the worst movie I've ever rated, literally. Not, oh, okay. not Maybe not seen, but I okay. haven't been rating right, movies right. forever. This is the worst I've ever rated. So this is the worst so. one in a long time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think well, you're previous, making me want to go see it. <laughs> previous worst, I think, was Haunted Mansion from 2003. The I Eddie think. Murphy Haunted Mansion? Yeah. Ooh. yeah, I think I gave that a four, maybe a three. And at least that had ties to a theme park. <laughs> it did. Well, that's <laughs> an excuse. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. yeah, that's Shit. all we have to say on Terminator Genesis, and well. <laughs> we're going to never speak of it again. Unless we do a year-end episode and we talk about the worst movies of the year, then it will definitely be brought up again. Let's move on to the uh, second movie we're doing on this week's episode, which is uh, Magic Mike, Double XL. I got a little treat for y'all tonight. We're going to see if he's still got some magic in that mic. Tomorrow, start the pilgrimage to Myrtle Beach for the convention. Well, I'd say it's still your day, man. Uh. I mean, if this really is our last ride, what if we make up some new routines? This game is evolve or die. Are you ready to be worshipped? Are you ready to be exalted? What are we? We're like healers or something. Yes, man. Oh, yeah. It's not bro time, it's show time. Are you guys ready? Three years after Mike uh, left the stripper life at the top of his game... He and the remaining Kings of Tampa hit the road to Myrtle Beach to put on one last, this is actually how they worded this, blowout performance. <laughs> uh, the film stars Channing Tatum back as uh, Magic Mike. Also, Joe Manganiello Man- as Big Mangan- Dick yeah. Ritchie. Imagine Yellow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, also, people in this film include, oh boy, I've never, oh, Kevin Nash, yeah. uh, the wrestler. Uh, played Tarzan. It's Tarzan. 
Uh, Gabriel Iglesias, who is known as Fluffy, plays Tobias. Yep. He was a hardcore drug dealer in the. Uh, he was. Movie. There's no drug dealing in this episode or this uh, installment. So did they just completely just forget that he was like a hard drug dealer? No. It's, I, here's the thing. I guess do you want me to just start talking? I, I, I I'm I'm curious about a couple yeah. things about this movie, but but let's move on to you guys since okay. you saw the movie, uh, and I've only seen the first one. So well, uh, me and Tucson have decided that I'm going to go first. Yeah. Because I think Tucson's still trying to process this movie. Yeah, I am. But I am an unabashed fan of this movie. Of course I, you are. I thought I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. This is one of the best movies I've seen all year. And that's coming from somebody who enjoyed the first film but didn't, you know, didn't feel this Do you way. like it more than Ex Machina? Um I would say yes because what? Well, anyway, continue. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Did yeah. you want to go to Sun? No, I didn't. That's what I thought. <laughs> so, I would say I, I liked it more of an Ex Machina. I give it the same rating, but because mm. they're two different experiences. I but would assume so. As far as, like, uh, you know, and it sounds silly to say it, but Ex Machina is something I've technically seen before. It was just doing it in a very good way. Whereas Magic Mike, I don't know that I've seen something that's quite, that has this kind of vibe in quite some time, at I'll least. I'll admit that, yeah. Yeah. It, this is just such a feel good movie. I mean, it's like entourage without the narcissism it's just, it's just it's just guys being friends and yet like not letting anything come between them because like a lot of people are going to complain about this movie and it's something i understand but it's never something that bothers me like there is no real quote-unquote story it's just them on this road trip getting to the uh stripper convention and <laughs> there's a stripper convention yeah oh my god yes it's a that's one of the best uh sequences no. in the entire is it, movie is it a all-male stripper convention yeah that's the thing that okay. it makes no sense because <laughs> no no not makes no sense but it's called the stripper convention but we only see male strippers so i don't know if it's like they forgot one word in there or something this but. is like the first time in history that women feel bad for being excluded in their yeah. in a stripper convention <laughs> so, <laughs> but this movie is like it's so weird because there's I, for me, at least, mm. there were moments that were like unexpectedly soulful. I mean, there were moments when this movie literally takes like ten to twenty minute detours, just shoots the shit. Where characters are just talking for like twenty minutes about like their desires, what they want out of life, what they you know aren't getting, whatever. I was really surprised about that too. Yeah. That was uh... there is a and especially there's one sequence that happens with uh, Andy McDowell's character um, where they they go to like this house in a southern state and she and got her girlfriends over and it doesn't go the route you think it is because all these middle-aged women show up to the door because they're actually there to meet somebody else like one of the daughters and of course they're all drinking wine and whatnot so you think that within 10 minutes it's just going to turn into them simply just stripping for their private enjoyment or something like that you know fast forward five minutes later they're all just drinking wine sitting on the couch telling each other like what they want out of their marriage like it's just so weirdly empathetic to like Every character that comes across their path that I just I, I ate it all up. Especially, Especially Tarzan's uh, moment where he was just like, you know, I would hang it up, hang it up all to to yeah. just like have a have that a was, wife and a family. That was uh, big uh, rich or big dick rich, <laughs> uh, whatever his name is. That, big rich dick. Yeah, Tarzan's just the one who was just there for the ride. He was the one who Mike found out went. Uh, uh, was in Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Remember that? So that was the thing is that you, they took these five ancillary characters from the first movie, which are, you know, the, the King of the Tampa themselves, that's not Mike, and it actually gave them all their own little mini story, like at least just kind of character beat. And it so wonderfully culminates in the actual stripper convention where they all have their own solo dance that are all thematically relevant to the journey that they were on during the road trip. Um, and I won't get into too many... Uh, 
spoilers because I actually think it's actually a pretty great payoff if you don't know exactly what's coming uh, personally. So, but yeah, that whole like I want to say thirty minute sequence of the the stripper convention I thought was fantastic. Besides the fact that it's great dance choreography, there's hilarious tongue in cheek jokes. I mean, I'm talking like. It was really funny. Yeah, it, it, I was literally like, it was like hilarious. Balling in my seat. It was awesome. The, the one thing both of the films do, the the first film and the second film, do very well is that it shows that women might be the more saner species, the sex, because women don't go to strip clubs to be aroused. It's really just the ridiculous nature of them. I'm not saying that obviously these aren't beefcakes and you know uh, aesthetically pleasing or whatever. It's just more of a good time than like than the guy who's drinking the beer at a strip going, "I think she loves me, bro." <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that whenever you see portrayals of male strip clubs in cinema you have women like cheering and hooting and hollering where if you see a regular strip club it's like a guy sitting in the corner masturbating being like yes and that's exactly what this not what you just said (laughs) but that's exactly what this is throughout the entire movie without any of the bullshit from the first movie of like you know, like the drug deal gone bad, and, and Alex Pettyfair being yeah, forced. Thankfully, into it. Uh, they they do wrap up his thing in one line, but they they mention that McConaughey's character took off from the club and started the new one and took the kid with him. Fucking Dallas, uh, which actually does sound exactly like what he would do based on the first movie because he kept cutting other people in and out of his equity and all that. Um, but that was the other thing is that for somebody who's seen the first movie because I actually rewatched it the night before mm-hmm. we went and saw it because I had to do my homework. <laughs> um, I was somewhat surprised that the movie never felt like it was delivering exposition. But if you count up the scenes that they talked about what each character was doing in the meantime between the two films, it was actually kind of surprising how much I would say substance there is of like the lives they were leading. Uh, at at the current you know day, and also just what they have been doing ever since Mike left the strip club. It's just, I, th- I thought it was a fantastic movie. It's one of those where it should not be as good as it is, but this is the one time where I feel like they took the best element of uh, Soderbergh's first film, which he literally is in charge of here because he's the director of photography for this yeah. film. So naturally, it looks gorgeous, um, and that's like pretty much not debatable in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but then they had somebody else kind of pace it a little bit better. And even like give it a just a much more positive vibe. Uh, although I gotta say, there's one Soderbergh homage I want to say that just feels like if it was if it wasn't his choice, it was the director. Was he at least like a producer on this film somehow? Uh, apparently, he was credited as the director of photography, and then also he was supposedly a producer and even uh, did editing. I was well. gonna say there is no way if he's shooting the film, which oh, he yeah. did. There's no way he was not going just, to have some sort of an opinion on no, certain no. things. And I'm sure he did. And that's, it's all as far as like the guild and what you can and be credited for and whatever. Right. And, of course, he's, quote-unquote, retired, so he's trying not to... You know, Except for that whole yeah. series he's doing on Showtime. Where or, he's directing every episode. Or is it Cinemax? I can't Cinemax, remember. yeah. The Nick? The Nick, yeah. That series sucked. I only watched the first two episodes, and I was well, totally turned off. <laughs> usually a show, and I've heard from others, that the show got much better. As, um, I would hope so. Yeah. Um, but... The, the the final moment, actually, I will say this, and th- that's the other thing, is that we, we this is, I'm sure, kind of where people draw the line. Like, the only story that was here is uh, them going to the stripper convention, and you actually, and I'm not going to, I don't consider this a spoiler because it's just not an outcome, but you actually don't actually get any verification whether they actually win this competition or not. So I thought that was actually, it's, it's so low-key as far as there is no winning or losing, there's just having fun. And the final... Uh, 
shot was very, very eerily reminiscent of the final shot of Ocean's Eleven with all mm. the guys uh, basically staring at something. I won't kind of go into full detail, but you know, the final shot of Ocean's Eleven when they're around the fountain at the Mirage, you know, and they're all just kind of staring. Bellagio. It's, yes, the Bellagio. Get your Las Vegas terminology correct, hey, asshole. You're the, you're the Las Vegas expert. That's, Las Vegas that's, that's why I'm looking at you. But... Um, <laughs> But th- there's a the way this movie ends is very very similar um, to the point where I can't imagine that it wasn't some kind of deliberate homage. But uh, yeah. Before we get to Dusan, can I ask a quick question of Go you? Go right ahead. Um, as someone who has seen the first film, I have, and obviously you have as well. Um, it seemed like a lot of the story in the first film was Channing Tatum's character of Magic Mike mm. being uncomfortable in his sort of life yeah. and his lifestyle. Now, is that a storyline that is still prevalent in this film at all? No, he's very, you know, he he retired at the end of, you know, Magic Mike. So in this one, obviously, there's a, he has to get back into the game or whatever. But it's, uh, A, he's still trying to do his business that he was trying to start in the... um, Doing that horrible furniture? Yes, but it's, it's, he's he's doing it and um, it's happening and whatnot. So when he decides to get back together with the guys for one last weekend or whatever, there's never any, like, he wish he wasn't doing it. He's just having fun. Well, his pimp's gone, so... Well, that and also, obviously, doing this furniture company is not working out very well for him because he's got one employee, can't even pay for his health care. You know, like, so it's kind of like he's realizing the value of what he used to do, which is that it actually brought him happiness. So, Hmm. no, it's... Like I said earlier, this is just a much more feel-good movie. Like, everybody's doing what they want to do, and by the end, they pretty much all get what they want. But not in some, like, over-exaggerated, like, there's a montage of, like, so-and-so went on to be the president of <laughs> United States of America or whatever. General but, Electric. But they all at least got a good time out of this trip, which is all they ever really wanted. Okay. So, so Tucson, you uh, came in fresh to this movie. Yes, uh, I did. And um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Oh, man. Uh-oh. I, uh... I walked into this. Uh, holy shit! Did you uh, know, did you know it was about male strippers? I did. I did know it was about male <laughs> well, strippers. Did you see the first one? No, neither have I. No, it was. Um, I, I still don't know how to, how to articulate what I had seen. Uh, okay, I'll just I'll just spitball and it's say just penis. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, you yeah. have one. I would assume. I shut the fuck up. Um, I really enjoyed the choreography in this film. I thought the humor was really well done. I think the pacing was really well done. The characters uh, were legitimately interesting. Like there was a well, one, one scene that I don't think that you you mentioned was with uh, Big Dick Richie when he, they went to the uh, uh, the gas station. Yes, that is. If we do a top five scenes of the year, you yeah. know, later on this year, that will. Instantly be in my top five for sure. It's it, it's basically the guys are are stopping at this that this gas station and they're talking about like how they make people's lives better or whatever. And there's like this girl who's just and also most... you have to realize they're stoned. Yeah, they're so stoned. they're not making any. They're, they're not just like you know crazy people. They're yeah. actually just going. They're very high. Yeah, they're very very high. And they see through the uh, the window that there's like this this cashier who's looking very very dour, very frumpy, is like just not smiling at all, looking at her phone. And he's like, "You could probably make her day today." And I was like, "Okay." And he just walks in, and he starts doing like this whole like elaborate routine. Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. It's plain. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's it's pretty incredible. What's even more incredible is not just what he's that he's dancing, and not just the reaction of the cashier who. At, at this wall is just like a stone wall, and it's just like doesn't know what the hell's going on. But the guys are just like following from the outside, and they're pressing their faces against the glass in so much excitement. They're like, like giddy little seven year olds. They're like, like more, who just saw like a they're celebrity. They're more aroused by this than the cashier is. Yeah. 
Like that was that was pretty. Uh... That whole scene is just pure ecstasy. It's, yeah, it was. it's one of the funniest and yet surprisingly uh, agile uh, choreography. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, Jada Pink- Pinkett Smith, who was a total surprise for me, I didn't know she was going to be in this film. Like it was nice to see her. Yeah, where's like... she been lately, other than on uh, Gotham? Gotham. Yeah, and which she quit right away. Like <laughs> she was like she was a major character, and she's like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, uh, she was really good. Will's ordering her around again, huh? Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to agree with that. Okay, uh, uh, I take that back. Got anyway, you, bitch. Anyway, she was really good in this. She kind of played like a uh, a long lost flame to uh, Channing Tatum's character, and she kind of like dove in to save the day after like some yeah. shit hits the fan. And like. her whole like segment, which goes on for like twenty minutes, when they go and meet up with her. Um, is, Mike I, has to prove himself. Yeah, and the way that he proves himself like was one of the most impressive and one of the most absolutely horrifying moments I had seen in that film. It's just, it's just a strip dance. I, I know, but it's really weird. Um, but that—that's actually one of my favorite segments of the entire film, and speaks to why I thought that this film just honestly is one of the best things I've seen all year. That this. For all intents and purposes, this is a summer blockbuster. You know, take away where fights usually go and put dancing. Uh, but this is like everything that's antithetical to what uh, a blockbuster is normally made out of. And besides, yeah, besides fights, you have dancing. Uh, besides misogyny, you have a movie that's actually attentive to women's needs and desires and wants and emotions. Uh, but it's just one of those things where um, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie because when he's at Jada Pinkett Smith's, like, it's not like a strip club because it's like an actual house, but it's like a it's almost like a private club as far as like she 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 calls it like a subscription uh, for pleasure. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's it's way more interesting than it sounds. You pay for a month and you get to go there for a month. Yeah, and the thing is, what she's selling now, is, it, is it only stripping that's happening at this house, it's or only, is it? It's, it's only stripping. It's only stripping, but the way it's happening, and singing. No, it's not that at all, Alex. He's buying me to blowjob. Uh, but what's actually happening, though, is she's selling self-confidence because if you look across the entire uh, the entire house, you have women of all shapes, size, colors, and I'm not like exaggerating because that was one thing I thought that was somewhat missing from the first film. Because every time I thought that they would like show like a, like a larger woman, I thought the film was doing it for like a laugh and not for this was actually empowering. Yeah. I've never seen a movie so body positive in years or maybe ever because she's literally like everybody in her house are a queen and they deserve to be treated as such. And when the men come out, they most of them are actually choosing the ones that you wouldn't think they would normally choose. And yet underneath the the, the lice in her house, which are all kind of like uh, based in like blue and red, like everybody just looks like a like a human being, like everybody gets treated with equal respect. I I thought her whole segment was fantastic and yeah. just very interesting because it's not what you think. You know, the minute they walk in, you think it's just going to be like step up or something where they're like, "I'm calling you out, bro." But it was actually way more about the ladies than it was about uh, the men who are performing. So it was kind of the opposite of uh, a showgirls where they, oh, yeah. it's pretty much just uh, shaming people for being overweight. Yeah, no, like showgirls is like Jesus. the ridiculous. Ridiculous camp trashter piece. Like, it's so bad that it's good, in my opinion. But this is like an actual movie. There are human beings in the script, and that's what makes the whole thing worth it. I really enjoyed uh, Donald Glover's character just because he yeah. was the one point of reference that I had in this sea of unfamiliarity. And I was like, oh, yeah. it's like Donald Glover, community, Charles Gambino. And he was actually really good in this. He only got introduced in like a later second act like minor third act kind of bit and he was he was really good he yeah, could he, do his thing he plays one of the kind of 
uh, employees of the Jada Pinkett Smith character, where he's not just a stripper. He he's actually because in real life he's a rapper, and yeah. so they utilize some of that because what he does is he gets to choose one of the ladies each night to come up to and. While everybody's watching, he gets to like sing them a song. Um, Alex is once again miming a uh, jack off motion. Uh, but no, he gets to. Well, I'm just saying because thank you for bringing up all of this. Well, if you're gonna do it, then no I'm hiding gonna, on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. But also, <laughs> no you're, you're undermining what made this movie actually great. That I'm just saying that that's what you would expect from <laughs> this material or this genre. But. Yeah. He comes out, he comes down the staircase, he picks out one of the queens of the night, and he talks to her, he, he asks her yeah. all the questions, that, like, what do you do for a living, you know, what what do you like to do, what do you, whatever, and then he sings her a song that's basically incorporated, it's almost like improv, basically, oh, okay. because all, all... Or freestyle, if yeah. you will. And when he gives his monologue later on, after the, because he has to explain to Matt Bomer's character, like, what he does and how he can do it. He's explaining, he goes, you know, women come to us and they come to your club because there are things that they're never going to get from their significant other because they're too uh, complacent in their marriage. All we have to do is ask them what they want and we can somehow give that to them. How cool is that? Like, just like little lines like that that made me realize that the script was just so, I would say, aware of like everybody's emotions and uh, and had empathy for everybody that uh, came into the club or... I thought it was great. Tucson, when you were uh, talking about this film earlier, you were making it seem like you, you quite enjoyed it. Now, was that the case? or I, not actually, so much? I actually did enjoy this film. Okay. Like, almost in some parts despite myself. It was like I was just watching it, and I was like, there's some parts that kind of like weirded me out. I was like, you know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to cop to it. But it was a really good film for what it was. Like, I can, like, all of, um, like, Nick's notes about it is like, yeah, it was, like, it was actually really body positive. There was a lot of really good uh, choreography. Well, the, the way that you're kind of responding to that is like, it's almost like you're ashamed to admit that you really liked it. Like, what, Actually, what parts I, about it? Cause, it's because it's male guys shaking right, their but, butts. Yeah. Well, okay, so I don't know. I mean, I have no I problem didn't see, with it. I didn't see the first one, and I yeah. honestly know nothing about this one. Like, yeah. is there like full-on nudity in this? or like No, what? there's... In fact, there's less nudity in this one than there is in the first one. Yeah, if you want to get uh, really excited, there is a, a scene, if I remember pump. correctly... <laughs> From the first one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't remember that? I do. That's like the only time you see the penis is in the pump. Uh, I'm just remembering the the scene with uh, Channing Tatum dropping his his pants and having a red G-string on. Yes. There are are a few. There are a lot of G-strings. An internet meme type thing. Yeah. There are G-strings in this movie. uh, A plenty. Uh, (laughs) I mean, there's a stripper convention. I don't know what else you'd expect. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, no. I mean, there's a a lot of the dances actually don't even happen in the context. That was the thing I liked about this movie too, is that in order to create this atmosphere of fun, like Tucson explained earlier, yeah. there's one in a gas station, so they're not stripping; they're just dancing. There's one where Channing Tatum basically fucks his garage because he's <laughs> yeah because he yeah no he he starts welding something while he's making his furniture. Oh, that was in yeah. the trailer. And then, yeah, yeah, but he's not stripping, but. Actually, what happens after that becomes some of the most impressive dance yeah. work in the whole entire movie <laughs> because then he's like he's got like an office chair there that he's somehow like just one knee on like balancing wise. It's just one of the greatest things I've seen all year. Um, so yeah, so a lot of the dances that do happen aren't always in the context of stripping, and therefore yeah, there's there's less nudity, but there's also way more impressive choreography. So it's just a lot of suggestive. Yeah, if yeah. you want to see a male, movie, there's dance. a lot of pelvic thrusting. And that's the, that. You just weren't super yeah, on board. Yeah, like you but know, it, but it, oh. it's, it's part of the actual movie. It's part of the context. Like, yeah, I get it, but it's like, well, which is funny uh, because the, the reason why I'm laughing at you is because everything in this movie was sim- 
uh, simulated heterosexual sex. Yeah. So I don't know why you're freaking out. But there's there's like everything that happened is just basically if you want to see even more so than just nudity or whatever, the thing that happens most in this is gyration yeah. and just simulated sex. Like they will just pretend like they're miming, like they're eating somebody out or whatever. Yeah. But nothing is actually happening. Neither is like, you know, the women's clothes are Like with the wedding off. skit? The the wedding yeah. skit was, was one where like it, it – Without spoiling anything, there's a wedding skit where like this, this guy comes up with this big, big dick Richie yep. comes up with this skit where it's like you know Love I'm gonna name. I'm, I'm gonna be a be a groom and I'm gonna pick up a lady and we're gonna like have like a little improv like uh, wedding thing and that's the first thing you, you know about it, it was like early on in the film but then later on the second half of that is that there's like this weird harness where he puts the girl into and then you hear. And I was like, holy shit, are they going to play closer by Nine Inch Nails? And they did. Oh. Yeah. It okay. was, uh, yeah. Oh, that was, okay. Yeah. The, uh, the I Want to Fuck You Like an Animal song? Yeah, that was it. Oh, was I didn't closer. know that's what that was called. Huh. Yep. Oh, yeah. They yeah. did, they played that song. Yeah, okay. The, actually, the, the song choices I thought were also fantastic in this movie between, like, all the kind of cheesy choices you would expect them to play, like Candy Shop by 50 Cent and uh, some other, like I mentioned earlier, the Backstreet Boys, like, just, you know. Honestly, this was, I'm I'm not afraid to say whatsoever, this is probably the most fun I'll have after even uh, Furious 7, because at least this is not mm. a movie that's, uh, I mean, this is just unabashed, like, joy and dancing. Like, Furious 7 had drama and, you know, whatever, but I don't know. Sort I, of. Yeah, yeah, sort of. But, like, I haven't left a movie that just tried to make both its characters and the audience just feel so good just by existing. So. And there there weren't weird kind of part. I remember there was a whole storyline with Matthew McConaughey's character where he had all these great, like, business ideas. He had this whole whole like segment of the movie where he's talking about, you know, someday if I have a kid, I'm just gonna sit him down in front of the T V and he's just gonna learn everything that way. Because yeah. that's way better than going to school. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Well yeah, they Go do back make, to Texas. They do make fun of him for that in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um in the first movie. I mean. Yeah. Um so he was actually my favorite part of the first movie. So that's why I thought I wasn't gonna like this as much because he doesn't appear in this. But mm-hmm. because they changed the tone and there is no more drama left, then he's not really needed obviously because uh, he was always kind of an antagonistic force anyway. I hadn't seen the first film, so I didn't know that Matthew McConaughey was this Dallas character, and I almost expected him to show up at the end as kind of be like a, a late third act antagonist. Yeah. If you want to get like a preview of what this movie is like, just in one scene, uh, early on, Mike goes to a party. He thinks it's uh, a different context, but he goes to a party, and while he's trying to have a scene with uh the the strippers who he hasn't seen in like years, you know, and he's trying to have a rational conversation with them in a hotel room at the party that they're at. There is this unnamed woman in a bikini with a motorcycle helmet running around the room and running into the walls just because yeah. we don't know if it's never explained or it's never like explained whether she's on a drug trip or she's just having a good time. But just like that kind of bombastic energy where no one's commenting on what's happening. It's just along for that's the how ride. things go down, man. Yeah. Um. Can, can I ask one more question before? Before yeah. you guys get to your ratings, please do. Um, was this feel like this was a a movie they wanted to do, they a story they wanted to tell, or is this going to turn into another series? Where oh, I be cannot film? imagine there would be another one. Okay, because it definitely felt like, in my opinion, 
this was the movie they wanted to make the first time around, maybe. But mm-hmm. Soderbergh made his own movie type, you know, because Channing Tatum, I want to say, wrote both scripts. So I'm sure to get the first one made, they needed Soderbergh. And I actually think it's a decent film. But this, because they probably had a lot of, they, they knew they'd get people in the seats, at least because of the success of the first one. And they, they kind of told the story and just they wanted to tell and took the detours they wanted to take. So I would think that they're done after this. And I would well, hope th- so. This also did not have the, uh, the first week box office performance that the first one had either. No. So, no. so I, I would hope that uh, it, it's not because I feel like this is actually a great one-two punch. Like, you know, the first one came in, set everything up in a oh, decent way, and this one just kind of knocked it out of the park. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to ratings. I'm assuming you guys will both have pretty good ratings, and I'm expecting big things from you, Nick, as you've, well, uh, you've talked it up a little bit. I have, and I, uh, you know, once again, I'll in my rating talk, I, I haven't, I pretty much said everything I wanted to say, but there, are, like, it's one of those movies where, like, after I've left, there are so many scenes that I can still recall right after, even like a day removed, where I just like I want to see that scene again just because it's so outrageous or funny or, or even like I said earlier, like weirdly like emotional uh, when they're kind of burying their souls and whatnot, but I thought. It was just everything around this time was just better. Like, it was even a better use of Shannon Tatum's acting abilities. Uh, he's a little more calm and just like, because there is no drama, he doesn't have to have any big moments, which actually it's makes probably him. probably a good thing. Yeah, but it <laughs> makes him feel like a more relatable human being because of his acting skill set. Um, the dancing was much better. This time we actually get full dances instead of just montages because that was kind of what the first movie relied on a lot. Um, and instead of, you know, bullshit drama that we've already seen, you know, done better in like Boogie Nights or other, you know, pretty simple rise and fall stardom movies, like sure. we just got a very, very positive movie that just kind of like the Big Lebowski, you know, it's, it's like everybody's the dude in this movie because everybody's just trying to be a friend to everybody and, and it doesn't seem like bullshit either. So. I, I absolutely love this movie. I'll probably see it again in theaters, to be honest. Um, so I, I give it four and a half out of five stars because I, wow. I loved it. And it's one of my favorite okay. movies of the year. Yeah, I, I assumed you were going to have a pretty high rating after you said you uh, you probably enjoyed it just a little bit more than Ex Machina if you just had to put them up together. I was going to say, they're, they're pretty much there, especially because they're completely different. But yeah. if I the experience I had watching both of them, I, I give the edge to Magic Mike because I wasn't expecting this from this movie, whereas I kind of expected what I got from Ex Machina. Very good. Let's move on to Tucson. Um, I ended up enjoying this film a lot more than I thought I would in, in retrospect. Um yeah, I, I would definitely give it a, a three out of five, like, and I would definitely recommend it. Like, it's it's not a film that I I think that I will go see again, but I enjoy, oh man, I was gonna invite you, but I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoyed the ride while I did. It's like it, it it wasn't a bad film. It, it's a, it's a totally self conscious film that knows what it is and it does it very well. Does it make you want to watch the first one? Uh, yeah, I think I will watch the first one just to get a little more context on. You can borrow it. Oh, okay, that sounds good. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is a different movie, so you might even like the first one better. Because I've heard some people say, considering they are different tones or whatever. So. Yeah. Does Magic Mike have more story than XL? Yes. Like a double, yes. double XL? Okay. Cool. Much more. And that's not even saying that Magic Mike has that much story. But if you just compare the two, Magic Mike actually has a traditional It's weird narrative because arc. the first film really pushes um, Alex Pettifer's character is like, yeah. Is like the main character in most of the movie, which mm. and and uh, Nick can attest to this. There are a lot of characters who were main characters, and almost all of them are not in the second film. So it's a much I different story. Rewatching the first movie, I realized how little they were in. Like Olivia Munn's character is only in like 
four seams. Oh, Olivia Munn's in this film? In the first one, I'm, yes. I'm thinking uh, of the uh, the girl who was uh, Alex Pettyfer's right. sister. She's more of a main character than Olivia She's more was. of a main character, but once again, she's only in probably half the movie because it's more about the club than it is. That being said, when you move from one film to another, this is more more or less not a direct sequel is it's almost like a whole different story just involving the the one main character and the other pe- other performers I would that say on the ride with yeah I would say yes and no only because of the fact that they talk about everything that happened in the first okay. film so it's not like they're just ignoring they they mention what happens to her they mention what happens to Matt Bomer's wife uh, you know just even care like Matt Bomer's wife I did not expect them to actually talk about you know because he had a wife in the first movie it's uh, one in one of the weirder scenes when he's like once uh, the kid to fuel up his wife's yeah. boobs. Oh, whatever. I remember that. Yeah, one. Was that, that uh, was at the uh, the rainy day party when yes. they were all doing drugs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but they actually explain what happened to her, and like they and they work that into whatever the characters are going into currently. So I wouldn't say it's not not like a separate adventure. It's okay. just a much different. Uh, like three three years is a long time, and that that's why it is like so different. Well, with all that being said, like Toussaint, did you miss out? Did you feel like? With all those callbacks and references that you didn't know, like no, didn't take no, anything. No, away from I, I don't. I don't think that I I suffer for a lack of like seeing the first film. I think that it's a film that totally like stands on its own. Yeah. But like Al, like what Nick said, um, if I watched the first film, there probably would be a, like a ton of callbacks that I would be able. Yeah, to. Yeah, if you watch them like I did back to back, you'll see where like oh wow they you know they they went on to explain that and they went on to explain that, but none of the tie-ins between the films are. Because, like I said, there's no real dramatic stakes in this movie. Like, you don't need to get behind what happened because of the fact that it doesn't matter in the end. What matters is this road trip. So, unlike me with Terminator, yeah. you can go see Yes, you can. Double XL. There were actually a, a ton of callbacks in Terminator Genesis. They just didn't work very well. So, <laughs> But they were there. Like the jokes, or were they just like plot thingies? Both. Oh, there, were, there were the obvious jokes that have been used all the time. Uh, there was... This overdone thing with Arnold smiling awkwardly, which oh, yeah, I saw a picture of that played over <laughs> like six or seven times in the movie. Yep. Yeah, he had this. Yeah, it was this terrible, <laughs> awkward smile he would give, it. and it was supposed to be funny. And I guess uh, the first time they showed it, I was kind of like, oh, okay. the people next to us in the theater um, thought it was hilarious. Yeah, because they were stupid. So. <laughs> Damn. Did, because it was only me and you, does it actually make the shit list? Are we no, throwing? No, no, we're not doing can't, that. Can't count. No, they won't do. Sorry, that. man. You should just on principle. It's that bad. Well, if you never know, what if I go see it and I love it? I don't think so. I don't think I, I think this is. Uh, I was actually thinking about you because a lot of this Aww. film's a lot of this film's logic <laughs> was. I was thinking about you during Magic Mike too. Oh boy! Oh boy! Awesome. Uh, a lot of this film's logic I felt was on par with uh, what happened in the movie Transcendence. Oh, so I guarantee you wouldn't. Yeah. Like okay. It. Then forget that. <laughs> but uh, you took that bullet. All you had to do is say the T word. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this was kind of fun. I think we're going to do another one of these episodes uh, here in uh, a couple weeks, uh, as we're going to do a, a crossover double episode involving Ant Man and Trainwreck. Oh. As they both come out the uh, same week, and that'll be uh, a couple weeks down the road. Next week, though, Alex finally gets to make a choice for a movie. <laughs> we let him. And um, I know it's a movie that myself, Nick, and Toussaint really like. And I'm, I'm, I really am interested to see what Kenny thinks about this. Um, it, it's not one of my favorite films ever, but I, I think you, Toussaint, and Nick will probably agree. Um, it's one of the better film characters 
in the last probably like decade. Definitely. And it's one of the best performances in my book of all time in film. And you can agree or disagree with it, but um, the film I am referencing is Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. Yes. So, Kenny, strap yourself in for this two-hour and 40-minute drama about oil in the nineteen early 1900s. Bring your milkshake. Um, there is, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> it is on Netflix, so you get, you get that. You can watch there, it in so. spurts. Yeah. Um, there is no dialogue uh, in the first 18 minutes of the film. Oh. Yay! <laughs> there is no dialogue in, in the two-hour and 40-minute film. I'm out. I'm <laughs> out. I'm not, I'm not even going to bother. Nope. Can't deal with the shit. <laughs> I will say the only, I mean, for for you at least, I want you to see it because I'm interested to see what you, as you mentioned many times, you are the most common film viewer out of everybody on this panel. If we're going to, you know, label people or whatever, but Daniel Day Lewis's performance as Daniel Plainview is one of my favorite characters of all time in any movie. So he I'm surprised is. it's taken us this long to do a Paul Thomas Anderson film because Especially I can't since believe you are a fan. I was going to say him. that's what I mean. I can't believe I haven't made us do one yet. So thank you. Yeah, I thought about uh, throwing Boogie Nights out there, but Kenny would probably probably likes that movie too much, so I want, wanted to throw something a little more filmy, <laughs> filmy at him. Fuck you, Kenny. You ever seen Boogie Nights? Nope. Holy you shit, You've never man. seen Boogie really? Nights? All right, that's the next one. <laughs> yeah. That's a great movie. We're just going to do a whole Paul Thomas Anderson month. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look forward to that episode next week, as uh, it'll be one of our first kind of uh, serious drama films in, in a while, that it's uh, more of a an art house film. Um, but that'll be coming up next week. And, uh, again, in a couple weeks, look forward to that Ant-Man train wreck episode coming your way. So from Nick Cheney, Tucson Egan, um, Kenny Marcellus and myself, Alex Diekman, thank you very much for listening to uh, this episode, whether you listen to it on filmtankshow.com or on iTunes. Um, also you can find us always, uh, on filmtankshow.com for anything. Uh, we sometimes post things that aren't episodes every now and then. Uh, also, uh, you can email us if you have a review of either of the movies we talked about today or movies we're doing in the future or a movie you'd like us to do in the future or whatever thoughts you have about related to film or even television. I think one of us should get a haircut. Just let us know. Yeah, seriously. I know Kenny got one. I just did. I, I got one uh, recently, so, you know. Because, you know, those are rare for men getting haircuts. That's right. Um, but if you have any thoughts on anything film-related, not haircut-related, send them on to filmtankshow.com. Or haircut-related. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, filmtankshow at gmail.com. Um, and also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. We will catch you next time. Yeah.